This podcast is for investment professionals only. The value of investments and the income from them may go down as well as up, and investors may not get back the amounts originally invested. Past performance is not a guide to future performance. The information is not an offer, solicitation, or recommendation of any funds, services, or products, or to adopt any investment strategy. Welcome to the Investor Download, the podcast about the themes driving markets and the economy now and in the future. I'm your host, David Brett. Over the past few weeks, we've been discussing the detrimental effects of inflation. In previous shows, we've discussed inflation historically and whether there were any lessons to be learned from the 1970s with Schroeder's chief economist, Keith Wade. I think the main message from the 1970s is that you need to have a very credible institution in charge of controlling inflation that's independent from politics. And I think there has to be a, a bit of an acceptance that, you know, there will be a period of higher unemployment and pain to go through in order to get back to a more stable situation. And what stagflation means for your portfolio with strategist Sean Markowitz. So investors who do have that additional flexibility to invest across different sectors and companies, or if they're um, fund manager that manages money on behalf of them has that flexibility, I think it would, be, it would pay off to, to be able to deviate from those um, rigid benchmark weights. So on today's show, we're going to round things off by looking at whether policymakers are using the right tools or even have the right tools to tackle the type of inflation we're experiencing now. To discuss this with me is Ron Insana, a senior advisor to Schroeder's and CNBC contributor, and of course, a host of the Investor Download. So, Ron, welcome to the show for the first time as a guest. Yeah, it's a nice flip. <laughs> and we also have uh, David Knutson, head of fixed income product management. David, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. Okay, so uh, before we get into what policymakers are potentially getting right or wrong, I just want to briefly take a step back for a bit of background. So, Ron, uh, the Federal Reserve announced its first rate hike in three years mid-March, and it also signaled more rate hikes to come in 2022. So what's the problem they're trying to solve by raising interest rates? Well, it's interesting. It's trying to solve the problem of inflation, except if, if, if you were to, as, as we say in TV, rewind the videotape and go back to, let's say, February of 2020, this inflation didn't exist, certainly not in this form. Inflation was running below target. Uh, employment was full at three and a half percent unemployment rate in the United States. And in my mind, th this is all pandemic and war induced inflation. Now, it doesn't make it any less real. I'm just not sure that the Fed has the tools to fight the inflation we're suffering through right now and whether or not, although I do believe they should be normalizing policy, whether or not, however, raising interest rates and some say now by half point increments going forward will do the trick given that supply chains are still disrupted. Uh, it, to me, and, and, and Linda Hornby and I actually talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And I believe that's the way the Fed's approaching this. I think there are other structural issues that need to be dealt with to to eliminate the type of inflation we have today. And David, as Ron was saying there, we are seeing lots of issues uh, within the world economy. Um, the Fed is signaling up to seven rate rises in 2022. I mean, what do you see as the likely outcome for markets and the economy if they manage to achieve that? Look, I think that uh <laughs> Answering the issue of inflation, as Ron laid out, the pandemic and war created inflation. Uh, you're bringing about a scarcity of money that compounds a scarcity of goods. 
uh, I think this is going to be a compound hit to living standards. And I, I think it's unlikely the Fed will be able to follow through with this uh, rate cycle expectation. And Ron, there's been a lot of articles written recently comparing what we're going through now to what happened in the 70s when inflation spiraled higher. Then the Fed uh, uh, sorry, then the Federal Reserve hike rates to 20% to get inflation back under control. Can you envisage the same thing happening now, or are we in a different era of inflation? Well, if they, if they took rates to 20%, we're going into a depression. So it, it's, it's, you know, given we're coming off zero back then, we were coming off, you know, much higher uh, nominal rates at the time. And there was, it wasn't exactly an easy path to get there. It was also a 10-year process. I mean, I think people forget when they compare this experience to uh, the 70s and 80s that the peak of inflation or stagflation, which then was 11% unemployment, 13% inflation, and, and double-digit interest rates all along the curve, uh, it, it's, it took from us going off the gold standard in 1971. We must protect the position of the American dollar as a pillar of monetary stability around the world. The strength of a nation's currency is based on the strength of that nation's economy. And the American economy is by far the strongest in the world. Accordingly, I have directed the Secretary of the Treasury to take the action necessary to defend the dollar against the speculators. I have directed Secretary Connolly to suspend temporarily the convertibility of the dollar into gold or other reserve assets Except through the first Arab oil embargo. Good evening. The Middle East war produced developments all over the world today. The oil producing countries of the Arab world decided to use their oil as a political weapon. They will reduce oil production by 5% a month until the Israelis withdraw from occupied territories. If the Arab countries keep that pledge, it would reduce their production by almost 50% in one year. Through a series of policy mistakes. I am today ordering a freeze on all prices and wages throughout the United States for a period of 90 days. In addition, I call upon corporations to extend the wage price freeze to all dividends. The Iranian Revolution in 1979. Ayatollah Khomeini returns to a country teetering on the brink of civil war. For the last seven days, Tehran and other cities have seen violent clashes between troops and demonstrators demanding Khomeini's return. To get us to that point where rates had to go to 20%. Now, we've really experienced inflation for a little over a year, and yes, it is well above target. I would agree with David that there's no way the Fed's going to go forward with seven rate hikes and maybe again in half-point increments without breaking something. And we'll have to stop short of what everybody is saying, seven rate hikes this year, maybe another four next year. Uh, I, I just don't think that's possible. And mortgage rates have already popped to 5% in the U.S., historically low. But still, given the price appreciation we've seen in houses, again, a structural issue in the United States, it's not going to do anything uh, to make living standards go up. It, in fact, we'll probably, if the Fed overdoes it, be forced into a recession uh, and inflation will either have come down because structural issues are being solved or remain sticky in a period when rates are also going up. So why do you think the Fed is signaling seven rate hikes? What's the point in putting that out there? 
I don't know that they're signaling seven. They did say every meeting this this year was live. Um, I think they are trying to jawbone inflation down and and get uh, interest rates up without having to do as much work as they might otherwise. And so just by being more vocal about it and being more transparent, which in my history of doing this for 38 years, this is the single most transparent Fed I've ever seen. They, they never said these things publicly when I was first on the job. So I think it, at first they're jawboning rates higher and they're hoping that will help take the pressure off them down the road from actually having to follow through with some of the things that people are talking about. Get in touch with us by email at shorterspodcasts at shorters.com or visit our website, shorters.com forward slash investor download. It isn't just the Fed that's raising rates. The UK has already raised rates three times in a row for the first time in 18 years. And the European Central Bank hasn't ruled out a rate hike this year. Uh, Central banks at the same time are looking to cut back on economic support they provided during the pandemic. So are policymakers using the right tools to combat inflation in 2022, given all the scenarios we've just been talking about? I think the reality is, as, as Ron mentioned earlier, unfortunately, there is really only a couple of tools in the toolbox, and they're trying to address issues that are not correlated to these tools. I think it's important to note that growth indicators are already slowing. When you look at the emerging market developing economies, they are slowing. In both cases, we had this exceptional uh, rebound driven by unprecedented policy support as well as pent-up demand. What's going to happen this year and the next year, uh, the policy support is uh, already being withdrawn. And of course, that demand is going to moderate. Uh, The other thing is that mathematically, inflation will decline as the high inflation prints of last year's reopening roll roll off of the annual calculations. And then the last thing, I I think we have to look back to history. The Fed doesn't have a particularly good track record of delivering as many rate hikes as they indicate. If you look back, you can find, uh, for example, in in October of 2000, the Fed's talking about uh, hiking rates. What really happened? The Fed cut rates in January uh, the following year, uh, August of 2007. Fed's talking about raising rates. What happened? The Fed cut 50 basis points in September of 07. Uh, The dot plot from the uh, December 2018 meeting uh, showed two more hikes in 2019. What happened? The Fed cut 25 basis points uh, in July of 2019. So I think what you have to understand is that there is a lot of, uh, as Ron put it, jawboning. There's a lot of uh, uh, media uh, appeal. And unfortunately, I think the reality is we're not going to see these fall through. Ron, David was saying there that he's not entirely sure this, that uh, the U.S. central bank in particular will go through with what they've been signaling. So what are, the, what are the alternatives for central bankers in the fight against inflation? I'm not sure they have any. And, and again, so much of this is structural. No rate hike will restore supply chain uh, efficiencies or even you know the number of, of goods produced China, locking down Shanghai, a city of 26 million people. We're, we're short 5.8 million housing units in the United States. Rate hikes won't get us there. In fact, demand for housing is beginning to fall off a cliff e- even as we speak. Um, getting automobile delivery times down or shipping times uh, down to where they were pre-pandemic, uh, nothing the Federal Reserve will do will change any of that. We also, by the way, have the Biden administration talking about tax hikes at the same time and, and reducing the deficit by over a trillion dollars in the next fiscal year. So we have monetary drag, we have the potential for fiscal drag, 
they're going to if if they make a mistake, they're going to solve inflation, if you will, for lack of a better description, with a recession. And and as David said, you know, growth indicators are pointing down. First quarter growth in the U.S. looks like it's flat versus the six percent annual rate of growth that we had last year. So it, it's it, it worries me. And although yield the yield curve is not yet inverted in a way that would forecast recession, we are seeing some market based indicators that would suggest the economy will be weaker rather than stronger this year, uh, despite some expectations of the contrary. A recession's a grim scenario. So, so David, as investors, what is the best we can hope for in the current situation? So uh, people are going to, you need to address this uh, feedback loop that I think is uh, seeping into the market of of uh, wages. And if the Fed successfully addresses this, and I, and I think they will, then I think your outcome will be probably a, a slowing. But the uh, as as Ron mentioned, the Russia war, the, the COVID lockdowns in China, these are making this soft landing, uh, the probability of soft landing even more remote. I think the key is you have to focus on uh, housing, uh, and you know that is a driver of the economy. It's a it's a it's a, it's something that is in every community across the states. And my favorite indicator is to look at Elkhart, Indiana. It's a small town uh, about 110 miles east of Chicago. And I think if you see house prices to collapse in Elkhart, Indiana, it spells, uh, it spells trouble for the, for the U.S. economy. All eyes on Elkhart, Indiana then uh, in the next <laughs> few months. Uh, Ron, David, thank you very much for joining us on the show today. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Well, that was the show. We very much hope you enjoyed it. If you want to find out more, check out our website, schroders.com forward slash the investor download. You can also get in contact with us about anything in the show or ideas for future shows at Schroders Podcast at schroders.com. Please remember to subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review. We're now doing one show a week, which will be available every Thursday from 5pm UK time. Thanks very much for listening, but above all, keep safe and go well. Cheers.